From the Tulsa world, this is the TU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here is your host, Patrick Prince. Hello, it's Monday, October 16th. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Patrick Prince, joined by Barry Lewis. Barry, we have TU hosting Rice this Thursday at 6 o'clock. That's an ESPN2 game. Uh, We'll talk about Rice in a little bit. But let's start with, was it Sunday's paper where you had the grades, the midseason report? Yes. Okay, so in Sunday's paper, you had the midseason report. You gave grades to all the positions. And uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. But, of course, you can go read Barry's thoughts at TUSportsExtra.com. But I thought we'd kind of break down the season this way, Barry. Let, let's talk about maybe something on the team that's better than you thought, something that's about what you thought it was going to be. And then something that's maybe not as good as you thought it was going to be. So let's start with whether it's a, a player or a position group. Uh, as we stand a- after six games, what's been better than you thought it was going to be for TU? Uh, the kicking game, very much so, because they lost two really good kickers, uh, veteran kickers off last year's team. So big question mark. And I remember uh, that was a big concern Uh Throughout the uh, off season, because these you're going to have two newcomers new to TU, um, pretty well, pretty much for the most part new to college football. Although the place kicker Chase Meyer had transferred from Penn, uh, but he had not kicked done any place kicks before. So you've got Chase Meyer and then the punter Angus Davies don't really know anything about replacing two veterans and they've been almost perfect. Chase Meyer has been perfect on his placements, perfect on his field goals, perfect on his extra points. And then Angus Davies has been really solid. Uh, I think he's punted better really than his um, net efficiency rating. As far as like how the NCAA would stat it is concerned because uh, he's been pinning the opposition deep a lot, and he's just been doing his job really well. And so those two are definitely pleasant surprises. Now, along those lines, kickoffs are still a bit of a concern because in today's game, you need to elite, you need to be putting the ball into the end zone for touchbacks or not having any returns at least half the time. And TU's only done that six times this year out of 32 kickoffs. So that is still an area that needs to be improved on in the second half because you, the more kickoffs you uh, allow to be returned, the more chance you're going to give up a big return, as we saw in the Temple game when Temple scored a touchdown that got him back into the game a little for a little while. But uh, that's really overall in the big scheme of things kicking game has been a pleasant surprise for TU now what's something that's been good but you thought it was going to be good so maybe it's not a big surprise um I would say that uh the linebackers I think have been pretty solid um and then uh of course, Kendarin Ray in the secondary, uh, leading the secondary. I thought the secondary had a chance to be really good. And uh, 
except for the two games against OU and Washington. Well, of course, I'm going to give them a pass on that because they're facing Heisman winning Heisman candidate quarterbacks each time who are getting all day to pass. So that usually does not turn out well for the secondary. So um, I think the secondary is really living up to expectations. That would be the number one, uh, the top area that I feel is, that I thought would be good and is leading up, living up to expectations. What about a group that's maybe worse than you thought? Well, it's really tough to say that. I gave my lowest grade to the quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks was really a weird grade to give because you've had three take um, significant snaps for TU, which is sort of weird over the first six games. Of course, you had a different starter in each of the first three games before it settled down with Cardell Williams starting the last three. And um, when the quarterbacks have been good, basically Cardell Williams been really, really good. But when they've been bad, been really, really bad. So, and sometimes they've played up to a caliber. Sometimes it's been, uh, I would say maybe F or D low D minus. So he got with this wild swing with the quarterbacks. And, but of course, going into the year, you would expect that Braylon Braxton was going to be your quarterback and he he wouldn't be splitting time with anybody and he would pick up where he left off last year, which was really, really good in the last two games. And uh, you just sail on from there. And uh, of course, that didn't happen because he got hurt after a little bit of a rocky start to the season and we didn't see him until late in the last game against Florida Atlantic, where in his first series back, he looked like the Braylon Braxton that we expected. Um, and he really looked good even on his other series, which uh, didn't end up with uh, tying or winning score. But he made some really good throws in that series. So um, that would be the position I thought would be better overall in its totality than it uh, has turned out to be at least for all the six games. Two games has been really, really good. So at his weekly press conference uh, today, well, today being Monday when we're when we're recording this, Kevin Wilson said both quarterbacks are healthy. So if that's the case, who you playing Thursday, or who are you starting Thursday versus Rice, Barry? If you're if you're the coach, I thought this could have been a really ticklish situation if the last game against Florida Atlantic didn't play out the way it did. But I would say that Braylon Braxton, I'm going to pre predict that Braylon Braxton will be the starter. That uh, if Cardell Williams had played great against Florida Atlantic and led them to victory and they're four and two, it's like, I don't see how you can not start him. And then that could have le led to maybe a, perhaps a uh, awkward situation. Uh, but with Braxton healthy and not starting, but since TU lost and Cardell Williams struggled in that game to really generate a lot of offense, he had one good drive. That was about it. And you put came brought in Braxton and then he looked good when he came in in the last eight minutes of the game. I think now it's played itself out where it's now an easy decision or a lot easier than it would have been. So you start Braxton, but I think if you see an opportunity, you want to keep Cardell Williams involved. He certainly has deserved that. And um, I guess you just see how the way the game flows. But I think I can definitely see them both playing. But I think Braxton will be the starter. And 
you know, an argument to make for Cardell Williams would be his two great outings this year have been on a Thursday night. <laughs> so, and it's a Thursday night game. So, and Cardell Williams has trended up and down, up and down, up and down. He was due for it up this week and it's on a Thursday night. So there's a lot of ar- good arguments to play Cardell Williams. Uh, so there is that, but I just think it's going to be Braylon Braxton. So what do you make of Thursday's game, Barry? Do you, does this game just come down to to usability to slow down JT Daniels and the Rice offense? That, and I just think it also comes down to uh, what are we going to see for the TU offense? Is it going to be the TU offense we've seen against Temple on those Thursday night specials? <laughs> or is it going to be the offense that we've seen the rest of the the season, which has been okay at times and also sputtered at times and turned the ball over. They've still a big key. Again, it just seems really basic, but it is really important. Can't throw interceptions. And TU has been really bad at that this year, which is why, again, why the quarterbacks only got a C plus Um, when you lead the NCAA in interceptions. T really hadn't fumbled much. T's lost two fumbles this year. It's been the interceptions though, that have really hurt. So just got to avoid throwing the ball to the Owls for the third straight week. Got to throw it since they're playing now. And an Owls <laughs> team for the third straight week. Yeah, you don't normally have to be so specific with nicknames, but uh, in, in talking to you opponents, you got to be specific. Yes, and, uh, three, uh, no, there will be no more Owls that I know of, at least for the, regu- the rest of the regular season after Thursday night. Barry, did you know their leading receiver is Luke McCaffrey, as in Christian McCaffrey's brother? I did not know that until you just told me. I did not know that either. Um, and I had forgotten that their quarterback was JT Daniels. He's he was at West Virginia last year, I think. Of course, he's been he's been at Georgia. He's 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 well traveled, but I'd I'd forgotten that he was at was it was at Rice. Yes, and and Rice. Um this I view this game as a toss-up, uh, but I think if Tulsa plays to its potential, that um, this is a game that TU should and needs to win. Yeah, and we haven't really talked about this on the podcast, Barry. But what 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 can you say about what happened at Florida Atlantic? I mean, they kind of got behind, and then the the monsoon happened, and it was, you know, like you like. You know, it's just kind of difficult to come back in the rain like that. What What do you make of all that? Yes. Uh, again, you can't. Uh, I, slow starts. That's been a common theme for the most part, except for the Temple game. But slow starts have been a common theme for Tulsa this season. And they got off to another one at Florida Atlantic. And sometimes you can get away with it, but uh, not when you're turning the ball over and not when a downpour occurs when you're trying to come back. So that makes it a little difficult. So. Uh, the key just is to get off to a better start. That just makes the whole 60 minutes a whole lot smoother, as we saw against Temple, where TU just pretty well dominated from start to finish and was in control all the way. Um, so will we see a, a TU team focused and come out like they did against Temple three weeks ago? Um, I think that's the big question. They've... Um, they're coming off a bye week, obviously, so there's no reason to have any type of letdown that if you're TU, you expect to come out fired up. 
Barry, I meant to ask you this earlier when we were breaking down your grades and all that, but if you were to assign an overall grade for the season so far, what do, what do you give to you? I'd give to you considering what expectations were going into the year. You looked at the schedule and you knew the Washington and OU games, those are probably going to be losses. I would give it a, I would give to you overall a B. I think you looked at it and there were three games that were sort of in the toss-up category, although a lot of people thought that T would just win in a cakewalk against Northern Illinois. I, After seeing Northern Illinois last year, I, I thought, no, it's going to be a toss-up game, and which it was. So Tulsa's won two of the three games that were toss-ups. So I think when you consider, when again, I looked at this at all the positions, that considering our... And I, and as far as the grades, a lot of that was, is everyone the potential that each of those individuals have? And as a group, are they, I graded that towards their potential. And so I just think TU is a really solid B right now for the season. If they win at Florida Atlantic, are they an A? Uh, they, I, maybe an A minus. <laughs> Because yeah, I, I mean that's that's yeah, that's I, it, a minus. Because the only thing I would then have to quibble with against, um, as far as how they performed this season was how they weren't more competitive against OU. Although OU obviously is one of the top teams in the country, but so is Washington. I thought TU was really competitive against Washington, uh, a lot more competitive against Washington than they than they were against OU for the most part. There was that quarter and a half when they showed what could have been against OU. Uh, but when you get in that 27-0 hole by throwing three interceptions in the first quarter, um, that's just really difficult to overcome. And so considering that was such a beautiful day in Tulsa and you had your biggest crowd that you're going to play before in Tulsa all season long and to not be more competitive than they were, I think that's why that I couldn't give them an A if they'd beaten Florida Atlantic. I would have given them an A minus. All right. Anything else on your mind or shall we leave it there for this week? Well, I heard it's going to be interesting. They're going to have a try for a Guinness World Record beer tasting experience at the Chapman Commons at 4 p.m., two hours before kickoff. So always a good time to uh, for the t- to attend the pregame festivities at the Chapman Com- on the Chapman Commons. And now there'll be a beer tasting record effort involved as well on Thursday. So uh, hopefully the weather stays nice. It looks like it will. And uh, it should just be a fun time at TU on Thursday night. All right. We'll see you there. Uh, well, I'll see you there at the game. I don't know about the, the, the beer tasting. We probably won't run into each other there. No, Mary, dr- but... no drinking on duty. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll just have to read about it later. So you can download the TU Sports Extra podcast on Google, Apple, or Spotify. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week.